everybody, it's yes. Rhiannon with Voting Insider. Really, really excited to be here today. We are in Portland, Oregon. We are at the PVA Conference for Mayor Trends 2024. And we have the unique opportunity to reconnect with our PCVA family. I'm down here just talking about some of the issues that are up and coming through Transport Canada, through the US Coast Guard, um, utilizing resources to go digital, how it can help you with safety management, how it can help you with increasing your compliance and uh, mitigating risk. Lots of really good conversations. So I have Captain Kurt Huck, who flew in today. Really excited that he's able to be with me in person. Finally put a face with a phone voice and an email. And I also have Captain Steven Steeles, who has been a longtime customer of the Vessel Vanguard and Wheelhouse family. He's also newly joined the PCVA board. And we're going to jump into all fun things going on in the world with regulations in the, mar in the maritime industry. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Thank you. You're very much welcome. All right, so if you want to give a quick overview of you two, uh, we'll start with you, Captain Steven Seals. What is your role um, outside of the PCVA, but, and also you know, joining the board and what that journey has been like? So Senior Master with Kingston the Island Boat Line, uh, been operating on the uh, St. Lawrence River and uh, Lake Ontario and the Great Lakes for the last uh, 40 years. Uh, you know, the uh, wide variety of different type of vessels, but ma majority of my career has been spent on the small passenger vessel industry here in Canada and uh, supporting and uh, teaching uh, new recruits in this industry. And when did you join the board for the PCVA? Wasn't that somewhat recently? Uh, the, this was recently, yeah. So the, the Passenger Commercial Vest Association, uh, our company has been a, a member of for uh, a large number of years. Um, but uh, this year uh, I've stepped up and offered to uh, share some of my experience and knowledge with the, uh, the Passenger uh, Commercial Vessel Association and help them uh, continue growing uh, to, to uh, support the other uh, partners within this industry. Well, I know Captain Kurt Hook's very happy to have you. We were talking a little bit about your experience and um, what a powerful impact you have in general, but now really being able to play a role with the rest of the team, I think is really incredible. So, and then Captain Kurt, if you want to give your bio, your background. Sure, yeah, Captain uh, Captain Kurt. Uh, I've been uh, sailing for for over thirty years. Uh, same same uh, body of water as uh, as Captain Steele's in the Thousand Islands. Uh, grew up driving a boat since I was probably two or three years old, and uh, my family has always been in the marine industry uh, with marinas in, in the Thousand Islands. Um, and then uh, through to the Canadian Coast Guard, um, had my own uh, operation. Reached just up to till during COVID, we we closed uh, just post COVID. Um, but they gave me the opportunity and during that time I was uh, on the board of the uh, PCVA um, but then in, in 2021 was hired on as executive director um, so we uh, <clears throat> as board members we're, we're um, uh, volunteers so there's limited time to, to contribute with it and there was no growth going on in the association mm -hmm. so uh, the board decided um, without me I sort of stepped aside and the rest of the board decided that uh, it would be key to hire on someone full-time as executive director so I, uh, I was offered the role and for the last two years I've been doing that and, and uh, sort of building the foundation of the association, mm -hmm. uh, the who was wise, what's, you know, what, what, what we're there for, um, and then uh, trying to build on that. And we've actually grown the membership almost, uh, hopefully by the, this, uh, this coming sailing season in the summer, we'll have doubled the, uh, the association members. Oh, that's since, fantastic. Since taking over. Yeah. 
Well, and I think it's important to know kind of how us three got together. And it, it, there's a lot of like kind of a passion project between each one of us. So my history being down here in Southwest Florida, growing up on the waters down here, grew up fishing uh, with my grandpa. My dad was a service manager for Sea Ray Boats for 30 plus years and just running around the boat yard and experiencing his long days, um, his manual processes, you know, him turning wrenches is really where some of his skill sets come in. Filing paperwork was just a part of the job and seeing technology hit him in his career. I came home from college and was crisscrossed applesauce on his uh, office floor and they had brought all the computers in and said, you need to start using this. And he was really frustrated. He was you know, irritated and he said, I need some help with this because I'm not sure exactly what to do. So, you know, it started just my, my awareness there. I jumped over into the powerboat racing team. We also worked with Mercury Engines for a while. As so I worked hand in hand with our technicians through the entire process, whether we're servicing engines or ordering parts and everything was very, very manual. Um, jumping into the aviation sector for a while and seeing the regulations that have already gone through and working in that space to support all my technicians on the aviation world go digital and they were already over the hump, right? The regulations were already pushed through, the advisory circulars were already released. It was in being more embraced and so working from that side of it. Once that, that passion project was done, seeing the impact and going back into the marine industry and realizing, oh, it's coming, mm -hmm. it's here. So we've got the, the conversation happening from Transport Canada, who's actually more aggressive and I think they're ahead of the, the curve with some of the regulations being mandated. U.S. Coast Guard, it's picking up its pace and seeing that, okay, this is, this is where aviation was, you know, 10 years ago and people are looking for resources. They need help. These are our mom and pop businesses. These are our tourism businesses. These are really important businesses to all these individual regions. And so jumping into it from a software side of it, where I'm providing a resource, I'm providing a product connecting with you and saying, okay, so what is the PCVA? I mean, this was back in September, October, because Captain Steven, you introduced me to it and said, you really should look at this. This would give you a place to have a voice. You could tap into what the conversations are. What are the concerns? Uh, what are people really wanting to know about? And so you really, I mean, just you brought all of us together in that we all have a certain passion uh, between our knowledges, our experience, and now coming together is like, all right, so what, what can we do? So we met in November at your event. Mm -hmm. I attended virtually speaking on um, how to increase compliance and safety with going digital. And I was able to speak on the similar co concept here at the PVA. And it's been universal, a lot of the response. Everybody seems to know this is coming. They are not really sure what the first step or the next step is gonna be um, and how serious do they need to take it. So I think one of the key moments for me was your regulations went in place December 31st of 2023. Mm -hmm. I uh, they're still, no, they're not, they're supposed to, but they're still not official, but they'll, okay. it's just technical delays on, on, on the regulation, but they're, they're coming very shortly. Okay. So I think, you know, Captain Stephen, if you don't mind kind of sharing for you to have, you and I've worked together in, you know, a vendor and a customer relationship for over 10 years, having the wheelhouse support before it was Vessel Vanguard 360. Um, I mean, that's ahead of the curve, right? So you put a lot of structure in place. So can you kind of walk through that and why you did it and what are some of the things you use us for? Yeah, I mean, we were searching for a long time to find a 
a software system that would help us track uh, our maintenance because we are uh, a seasonal operation here in the, in this part of the world. Uh, keeping track and and not only just seasonal operation, we also have a uh, we're also training and moving uh, marine officers through the system to on to other more full time year round careers. Keeping track of our our maintenance and keeping track of our regulatory maintenance requirements was always difficult to do because we had so many people moving through the moving through the the vessels each and every day. So we were constantly I was constantly looking, you know, how do we best track and make sure we are following uh, up on uh, our safety requirements for the vessels. And we started with other software programs that were. Um, lot more cumbersome to use and uh, and I met Ian I believe it was Ian when wheelhouse maintenance first came about and it uh, the unique part of it was it was an easy operating system uh, it helped uh, it could be used as a platform on the on the cell phones it was uh, vessel specific as well as company specific uh, you know we we were able to use it for uh, facilities as well as, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't geared towards uh, so much towards our trolley system, but we tried to implement parts of it into our trolley system, which is our road buses. Uh, the what I like about Vessel Vanguard and what I like about the whole software system is that it it's very user friendly and very easy to use. And as I mentioned, very vessel specific. So, uh, you know, our last dry dock uh, with the uh, Island Queen three, uh, a part of the five year inspections, also the mechanical, what did you do or what have you done to these generators, these engines in the last, since the last dry dock. And, you know, with the flick of a couple of buttons, I can get the history of, of uh, each uh, asset and, and uh, print it out and hand it to them. I don't have to search through miles of paperwork to find it. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, aside from Still. obviously like just Vessel Vanguard and, and knowing that we provide you, but I think pulling the, the conversation back just a, another notch of the concept of yeah. going digital, right? Maybe not, you know, specific to, because there's resources, but what are some of the concerns that you all are seeing out there? Um, some of the things people are, you know, afraid of or they're hesitant to lean into. Because I mean, our conversation was in November, and there was quite a few people that I touched base with, and it was a very the general consensus was we know this is coming. Uh, we're we're going to start to do some of our research, and then oh, it's the holidays and it's the winter, so we'll pick it back up when season starts. So mm -hmm. what do you like? And I guess I'll take it another direction saying, I know one of the things that I really loved about connecting with you, Captain Kurt, was um, you got very, very passionate about these resources are here. We want to help these operators. We want to make sure the association knows of whatever tools they need. So kind of if you guys want to kind of talk about what that means and, and why, why are you so passionate about it? Well, it's, it's, it's at the end of the, the end of the day, it all leads down to safety, whether it's, whether it's a, uh, proper engine maintenance, whether it's proper life-saving equipment maintenance, whether it's proper training of, of uh, deck crew or, or officers, whatever it may be that we do in our in our industry, it all comes down to safety. Um, you know, safety number one for the owner-operator of the vessel, you don't want to have an accident, and then number two for Transport Canada. 
Um, th their, their role is, is to make sure our, our, our operations are safe for the Canadian public and the, the visiting um, public from the tourists from around the world. So it's, it's just, yeah, it all comes back to safety. We want to make sure, and, and, and papers, it had its place, and I understand the, 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 sometimes the frustration um, of change mm -hmm. uh, or the, the fear of change. Well, I'm doing it this way for so many years. Well, we've done it for that way for so many years because the technology hasn't been there. Yeah. Now technology is there. So whether it's just starting out, moving from a piece of paper and a pen to a laptop with a Word document, an Excel document, at least you have that digitized somewhere that can be pulled out. Mm -hmm. If Transport Canada comes in and asks you for a piece of paper document and you can't find it, which happens. We're documenting paper. We've got tons of paper. We've got libraries of paper. If you can't find that document, well, now you, you risk having a deficiency. You risk having your, 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 um, the confidence in your operation from Transport Canada because you couldn't find the, the, uh, the document you're looking for. If it's digitized, it's, it's an it's a easy, uh, easy query mm -hmm. on your computer or Excel or whatever it may be to pull that document up. So that's just the first step. So, I mean, there's, there's tons of software out there that are much better like Vessel Vanguard that has the whole encompassing you know, uh, information for all that areas we do, but just that first step yeah. is the is the is the hardest point and 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 the the worry for everybody. I think it's just but take that first step, get in. We're, yeah. we're and, the, and those people I mean, that are that are that are in that state. Do you have a cell phone? Right. Because it's not the same cell phone that we right. opened up with a battery and a you know twenty five years ago. So mm -hmm. Captain Steele, you'll get a kick out of this. We were talking a little bit earlier when Captain Kurt first arrived and. We, we reflected on how quickly technology has advanced and that I remember when I was going to college, I borrowed my dad's cell phone and it was this big and it had the great big mm -hmm. antenna and you push the buttons really hard <laughs> to be able to get, you know, mm -hmm. to just get, a, just to make a phone mm -hmm. call. There wasn't anything else mm -hmm. that you did, but use it for a phone call. So, I mean, that's mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time, technology has grown very, very, very quickly. So I think mitigating risk, right? So you said it all comes back down to safety. And what are some of the other risks that are perceived with embracing some of this change? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I don't think embracing the change it, it, uh, is, I think most operators have embraced the change. It's just finding the right platform at, you know, at the right cost obviously is, is, is paramount for, for operators. Um, the the uh, it's it, it's it's next to impossible to have every documentation on paper in a filing system on a particular vessel. Uh, everything from uh, the, the safety the safety equipment to the to the stability books to the uh, life saving plans to the uh, ships ships lines plans to uh, winterizing procedures. It's it's next to impossible to have that all all in. A, cataloged on, on a particular vessel and with the uh, software system and digitizing it uh, allows you to uh, to pull it up at the at a, at a moment's notice on the phone I can go to uh, to the Island Queen's homepage and pull up the the stability book uh, uh, the Transport Canada stamp stability book and have access to that uh, on my phone um, I can pull up the winterizing procedures um, I mean if if uh, if you're if you you're you're chancing falling behind if you're not digitizing in today's world 
and getting this stuff on out onto onto a onto another platform. Well, and 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 I mean, it's just continuing on what you said, Stephen. All that information that you have that you can pull up, it's securing that information. If you have a catastrophic loss of your office or mm -hmm. your wheelhouse, whatever, with, with all the paperwork, that's how many copies do you have? You, I mean, you're lucky if you have two copies. Mm -hmm. So if, and if you lose that, those copies, mm -hmm. then you're starting from, from zero. So you're securing that information by putting it, by digitizing it, allowing it to be kept in multiple places and securing it on, on the web or on a server, wherever it may be. Mm -hmm. So you, that, that, that proprietary knowledge <laughs> that, that, that you've created is secured, but also, if mm -hmm. passing it on to someone else that you know if you've got a, if you've got a, like you see we've, we train numerous people every year coming into the industry and if we have it digitized yep. uh, something can happen to you or an I in, in you know key principles of the operation something catastrophic happens to that person that and if that proprietary information is kept only with them then the operation mm -hmm. is, is, is done yep. I mean it, it, it stall it stalls this way here it might slow down there might be a a, a slow period for that new person to come in and, 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 and get up to speed, but at least there's that information there for them to yeah. look at and read so they're, they're not starting from zero. Well, and I think that's a good point. We had I've talked about this a couple of days ago was there's, there's layers to the um, just going digital, right? Because it's not just, oh, that means you, that you're using paper and now you're going to use a computer. That's, there's so many other definitions of it and going digital of well, maybe you have them in a resource on a computer used by an employee who maybe works from home. I see a lot of that right now where this person has access to these records on their computer and they work from home most days of the week. It's like, well, what if something happens, right? What if whether maybe it's not secure, maybe there's no protocols in place where if that computer dies or um, a virus or they become a disgruntled employee or, you know, it's just that risk right there is what if that data is gone? Now what? You know, how do you financially reproduce that? I mean, there really it becomes very difficult. I've seen it where I've seen a lot of the disgruntled employee side of it. I had um, a gentleman reference he has two vessels up in Alaska and he said he's taking this project over and the previous person in the role was unhappy and destroyed the records that they did have. And so he's trying to go back and reproduce that. And I mean, unless you have some magical powers, that's a rather difficult, daunting task um, to accomplish. So you've got mm -hmm. that side of it of not only is going digital, but it's educating yourself and I think your teams on what does that mean? What, what is one you know, vendor versus another vendor? Or um, where do you start? Are you just starting in the, in the maintenance department or are you looking at the company as a whole? Um, to support the accounting side of it, the sales side of it, the, you know, the communication side of it. Uh, I will tell you that more often than not, the feedback that I get is we've kind of done it this way. We don't, we didn't really, you know, have money set aside for this type of a resource and it's, it's not astronomical. Um, or, you know, listen, we're, we're kind of old school. I heard that quite a bit. We're kind of an old school organization. You know, I know Tommy and Tommy's worked with us for 30 plus years and, uh, you know, we're just, we just kind of do it the way that we've always done it. That, that is more often than not the initial response that I get. And that's what I'm trying to get into is like, where is that coming from? Is that just fear? Is it, um, it feels daunting. It feels like a big task, right? Like, what does that mean? I have to go dig through all the paper. Um, it's comfort. yeah, yeah. That human. It's, it, it's a bit of it. A bit of it is comfort. Also, they said they talk, you know, you, you, you hit it, you, you use that. You hit the phrase that's been used so much you know, over my 40 years of career here is that 
That's the way we always did it. And this is what we always tell them. But unless you have something to prove, this is the way you always did it. And this is what you always told. Unless you have it documented and it's in a, it's something that, that you pull out. I mean, there's a certain thing, you know, many years, for many years, we said, okay, this is how we train our crew on, on our, I'm just, as, as I'm doing this radio, this call with you, I'm sitting here looking at my training week that starts on April 29th and, and uh, finalizing our fire training center uh, for May 2nd. And, and, you know, I can tell that to trans that that's what I do, but unless it's documented somewhere, unless it's written down and put into some, in some form, then it doesn't really, there's no proof that it happens. And having it digitized, you know, um, there's documents that are living that, uh, you know, number of different people working on at the same time. But it's, there's, if it's, if you have it digitized in one place that the, this is where the final document lives and, and your staff knows that that lives here, uh, my, my, uh, uh, my, uh, engine room procedures on the let the battle mush two uh, for startup procedures, the final document lives on this software system and you can find it at this location, then that's where the final document lives. And having it digitized makes that so much easier to do. That you don't have, you know, you don't have seven different seven different copies out there of the same thing that there's always there's one spot where the last final document lives. Well, and you know, the other part and, of it is like what you're doing, Captain, but then you and I talked a while ago about some of the upcoming, uh, you know, professionals in the industry and that they'll go to you quite mm -hmm. a bit. I mean, that was, I think this one of our first conversations of just your vast knowledge, your, your life legacy of being in this industry and understanding it from so many different angles and levels, but that you're a resource for the up and coming and passing on the love of what this industry is capable of. Um, but this this generation coming through, they expect it to be a certain way. They're, you know, they they do everything. I do everything from mm -hmm. my phone, you know, so say they, but mm -hmm. it's all of us. You know, that's 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 life now. Mm -hmm. So I think the other part of it mm -hmm. is there's so many shortages across the trades industries. And if you're looking to be attractive to pull in, you know, these, these potential, you know, future generations, you have to be up with the times and, and meet them where they are so that they can do the very best at their job. Are you all seeing any of that? Oh, definitely there. I mean, the, the, the new, the new recruits that we're bringing in, whether it's on the deck level, <clears throat> on the engineer level or, or mates, like in the wheelhouse, it's all, um, I mean, they're, they're coming in with a, 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 a sort of a preset skill set of, of, mm -hmm. of uh, technology. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you tell them, okay, I want you to do this task, and okay, what do I? How do I follow up with it? Well, we'll take the pen and paper and and document it. And put, they haven't used a pen and paper. I mean, they went to school with laptops. Yeah. So I mean, the, their handwriting isn't. You know, they don't. Like, That's going to take me forever. Why can't I just put it on a Word document or whatever? Yep. So it's 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 attracting, like you say, attracting those new those new um, recruits mm -hmm. to work in our industry. But also, there's you're attracting if you're if you're looking at maybe selling your operation yeah. to one of those new millennials that are coming in and they start, whether they, maybe they've worked for you for a few years and you're looking to retire and, and sell the operation and they're interested in taking it over. If they don't have any history digitized and they don't know, I mean, they're, they're walking into something, uh, it's a bigger risk for them. Yeah. Someone walks in and, and to an operation that has everything digitized, there's more of a security blanket there for them. Here's the, here's how you do an oil change. And, I mean, we're talking about digitization by putting words on paper, but 
I mean, I know uh, Captain Steeles has done it for years now, taking photos. So as you're, you're doing a safety plan, for example, for example, of the engine room, you're taking photos of the safety equipment and where it is located, yes. and then take that to another level of videos. Yep. How do you do, how do, you do an oil change on this engine? Well, you're, you're, someone's walking through the steps and you're actually doing a video of it. So someone can walk in to that operation not knowing anything about the operation and take over. And, and so it, it gives, it allows you to recruit people easier in the new generation, but also allowed us to, to, to sell your operation if you're looking at, at doing that easier. What, what do you all anticipate? Because I know that you're doing a lot to support your, your members and the organization um, as a whole going into this year because you anticipate there being a need. And so, I mean, what are some of the, the ways that you all are, are there providing resources to your members of how to get through this next regulation hump that's coming? Well, that's, that's yeah, at, at our conference in November, we, we, we try to, and that's one of the reasons I'm here um, in, in, in uh, Portland, is to meet some of the other suppliers we have here, whether it's engine suppliers, software suppliers, ticketing suppliers, to, to bring those options to our members, um, to grow our supplier list as well for them, um, to show them the technology out there, to make it easier for them so they don't have to, here's our, here's our supplier list that we have as, as part of the PCVA family, so that they can get educated on it um, and, and taking the, the information and regulations from Transport Canada and um, letting them know sort of ahead of time if we could. Like we were a little ahead of the SMS. I know Stephen and I have been working for about a year on the SMS with Transport Canada to get the, uh, the basic information. It's not going to be due uh, to be implemented. It's imp you know, the regulation will be implemented, the law, mm -hmm. but then the, to be compliant with that, there'll, there'll be a 12 month grace period. So we their phase in, yeah, right? So we've, we've gone ahead and, and, and taken the initiative to try to get that information out to our members. Mm -hmm. Don't wait for the 12 months, get it done now, yeah. get ahead of time. So that's what we're trying to do for, for members of the association to gather that information, make it easier for them. Cause I mean, uh, Steven knows, and I know uh, running an operation, it's, it's, you know, the easier things can, can be for you, mm -hmm. um, the better. And then we can focus on other parts of our business. So that's what we're trying to do from the association's point of view. Well, the other thing, I mean, 12 months is not a long time. No. It really isn't. And not I think, when six months that you're running a boat. Right. And I mean, that's your full time. <clears throat> that, that is what you do. And it's a lot of work. So when I think about like, um, it, it takes time to implement a new system because you've got this human factor where you get a little bit of that resistance. Everybody's really, really busy and you're bringing in a new way of doing things. And so that's one of the, you know, the pieces that I'm constantly educating on is it's going to take a little bit of time and everybody needs to communicate. There's, you know, the communication part of it. Hey, this is what we're doing. We've made the decision uh, and now execute and understand what that's going to mean. Are you, are you, is this a three month project where you're just going to roll it out to your vessels? Is this a eight month project where now we're going to include multiple different departments and really, you know, sitting down and having that conversation. I think that's a gap that I see where, Hey, we've got resources over here. Uh, but what does that physically mean? Like, I'm going to stand up from here and now I want to, what do I do now? And I think that you all are doing a great job of saying, come to us, mm -hmm. come to us. We will help you in any way, shape, and way that we can. And that was one of the things that you really were like, I just want to make sure that our association members have everything they need to, to meet the requirements that are coming. Um, one of the, one of the blessed things that we have in, 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 in our part of the world and in our industry is that we do have a downtime when the vessels aren't running uh, in our industry, in the, in the passenger vessel sheltered water industry. So that downtime allows us to, to spend some time getting things ready for this, the upcoming seasons. 
Uh, so we give our membership. Uh, it's nice to have that uh, our, our meeting in November. We can give them uh, some information on what needs to what they need to look at, and it gives them time in November, December, and January to start thinking about it and putting things together for the upcoming operating season. If it's that one, if it's the one that's coming up right away. So you know, I think implementing that's a, a safety minute. Go ahead. I was gonna say you brought that up earlier. I think it's important to embrace this downtime, right? Not not hey, mm -hmm. let's, we're we're in this down part. We'll kick this back up when we start up and running. But um, I mean, what's one of the first things that happens when the season starts? Is there? I mean, you have you know the authorities showing up to make sure that everything is is tracking as it should. That's exactly. Well, it. I mean, the very yeah, we have our. That's exactly it. We I mean our our season, our sailing season doesn't start until probably. I mean, our main sailing season starts Mother's Day weekend. Uh, but uh, you know, we're a month ahead of that. We're fitting the boats out, getting them ready for the for the inspections. Um, uh, a digital software system tracking, you know, what needs to be done and and uh, and what you have done uh, goes a long way to helping that uh, you're organizing for that uh, first annual inspection. Uh, embracing the downtime to have your safety management system start writing it and documenting the 12 points that uh, that are needed for your safety management system uh, and then uh, what what you've 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 documented that you still have to teach it you still have to show your your staff and your crew members you still have that training part of it too so you can't wait until the sailing season to start all this stuff because in the sailing season half your most of your staff are out working every day uh, on the water seven days a week 12 12 for 13 hours a day so it's kind of hard to do that training you need to do embrace the off season for some of these projects well and it's it's perfect timing too because the when when the operators are in full, you know from from may till till mid september october when they're in full operations and and they don't have time to to, to do anything mm -hmm. or train or, or whatever it may be well the association's working on what next year looks like so my my downtime with you know it's a busy time but my downtime for dealing with members is their sailing season mm. because unless there's a, a, an incident or, or something urgent that they need to speak with me on it's a quiet period of time so that's when we <clears throat> start working with Transport Canada on the SMS regulations the new uh, marine personnel regulations trying to gather this information so that they when they were finished their season in October join the conference in November here's all the stuff that's coming up here's for next year here's what we've been talking about and then use like Captain Steven Steele just said, use November, December, January, February, whatever it may be, to take that information, how it affects your business, and get it implemented for that next sailing season. Because as soon as March or April hits, and you start painting and cleaning and training, you don't have time. So it's a perfect, you know, that's what we do at the association, is gather, gather that information to educate you in the fall. This so is what happened while everybody was in season. Exactly. This is the new changes, absorb them and implement as needed. So. Let me ask you this, what the SMS, that's the regulation that's coming from Transport Canada, is that being designed by Transport Canada and saying this is based on your organization size, your vessel size, this is your requirements, or is it saying show us how you meet safety? There, it's, it's, well, it's, it's an IMO, uh, it, safety management systems has been there for decades. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of coming into force. They tried to bring it over a, over a decade ago um, and it was just wasn't, it didn't, you know, it was taking a, a, a circle and trying to put it in a square hole kind of thing. It didn't yeah. really work for all the sectors. So because of this, so, there was so much in it that had to meet international standards um, where small domestic fleet doesn't. 
So they've now changed that and they put it into different tiers. Mm -hmm. So what they've done is it's the, IM, the, the, the regulations, that the, the information you have to have is still from the IMO, okay. but basically they're giving it in the tiers. So X size of vessel, you have mm -hmm. to do this. That's tier one, tier two. So as you go down, I believe there's, off the top of my head, I think there's five tiers. And if it, as you get to the fifth tier, it's a smaller vessel. So there's less onerous regulations. Your mm -hmm. SMS isn't going to be as in-depth as tier one or tier two. So they've, but they don't tell you how to do it. So they give you, this is what we need. No. And so what we've gone out and done and worked with companies like yourself and a couple other members we have to bring in some people that can help them build their SMS. Mm -hmm. So one step one is you need this. Mm -hmm. We're telling you early, you have time to do it. And for those of you that don't have it or don't know where to start, here's some suppliers that can help you do this. So okay. it's marrying the two together. So I, one of the things I think is, is really helpful with that is that you have the outline already in place based on your tier. Yes. Your tier one, here it is. Here you go. He, here it is. And then now you can embed that into your organization and show how you're complying with your tier one or your said tier um, obligations. So I think that's really, really helpful. A lot of the conversations I had, which I was really surprised about was, um, how do you handle your safety management system now? How are you doing SMS? Well, we put together what we think, and then we say that we're doing it. I was like, okay. So they're, they're, the standardization of it is very, very important. But um, so if somebody were to go to your website, how, how are you all supporting that? So uh, you, know, you have a, an organization that says that we think we're tier one, we think we're tier two. Um, where do we get this information and what do, you, what do we do? Well, that's where we would direct them to to their, their regional Transport Canada office because okay. ultimately it's Transport Canada that's going to decide. It's pretty clear on the regulations that that where, where they they fall. Yeah. It's, it's not uh, overly rocket science, but there is some more organizations that may be on the fence between two, and that's where we sort of t uh, drive them towards Transport Canada to get clarity or to one of our consulting companies that we have as members to work with them and, okay, this is... Look at their operation. Okay, you you classify as tier three, mm -hmm. and we'll have the conversation with Transport Canada for you, um, because there's different levels of in in the association. There's uh, a membership. There's different levels. Some like uh, Kingston the Thousand Islands has had an SMS for years, mm -hmm. and the only thing that that the Captain Steels is going to need to do now is actually apply for because the difference now is you have to get a certificate. Okay. So they'll actually approve before you had the SMS mm -hmm. and they might look leaf through it, but now they approve it and they give you a certificate for it that has to be renewed. Um, so we have operations like Kingston and Thousand Islands that have it perfectly and they've got everything done. All he has, has to do is get it submitted for approval. And we have other operations, don't know where to start. Yeah. Don't have. So there's, yeah. there's that whole, there's that whole scale in between and some, I'd say the majority probably have an SMS, but in essence, what it's supposed to be isn't there, but they have it piecemeal. Right, they, they have the information. Yeah, they have the information there. It's just not all together. Exactly. So so what are the risks that if you so don't the, get the, go ahead. The, uh, it's part of the association that we had in our annual general meeting is that we, uh, the association brought in uh, Transport Canada uh, liaison inspector who's in charge of the SMS program. And he did a presentation uh, for our association um, and explained the, uh, the uh, certification process, explained the tier system and had a PowerPoint presentation. And then that PowerPoint presentation goes on to our Google Drive, which our memberships have access to. So they have real-time documentation on our Google Drive of, of uh, uh, information that will help them, guide them towards the SMS. 
and then uh, I believe on our on our Google Drive is the uh, uh, the Gazette Part One volume on what Transport Canada wants to see in the marine uh, safety management system. I believe it's on our Google Drive. I'm not sure, but it can be. Uh, so our our membership have access to to resources that the PCBA has set up uh, for them. Yeah, we try to direct them, and with that information, there's a Transport Canada contact because we don't want to. We're not Transport Canada, so we'll try to direct them. We, want to, we don't no. want to tell them something or guide them somewhere that's misleading. No, you want to take them to the truth. Exactly, they want to get it in writing from from, yeah. their, from the officials. Fantastic. So SMS is obviously the big conversation. It's the buzz for you all. It's the buzz down here in North America as well, um, and it's just kind of bopping around. And I think that in a in a year's time, we're going to see a huge jump towards having everybody standardized and having a system in place. Um, what are some of the other things, I mean, talking about just like what the PCVA is doing and you've grown your membership, you've doubled it. So what are some of the things you're looking forward to doing this year and and what resources are you are you committed to providing? We're trying to, one of the biggest things we've talked about uh, most recently at our last board meeting um, is the the um, training program. Um, we have a in-house training program for our members, which extremely cuts down the cost uh, uh, of, of uh, MED training, Marine Emergency Duties training. And we have uh, some, we have one small captain license uh, for small vessels um, that can be taught within the association as well. And we're looking at uh, acquiring a Descend Limited uh, Simulated Electronic Navigation um, to allow all of our members basically have 80% of the training that their, their crew need in-house. There's some things first aid for example we can't do that's got to be done by a paramedic uh, or a red cross whatever it may be but as much as we can keep in-house or get in-house and we absorb the cost as the association we purchase it and really all we do is is we charge for a marine emergency duty course um, that could be four days five days long at a other institution could cost around a thousand dollars just for the course oh, wow. plus their travel and accommodations we don't charge them anything except for $25 for the certificate cost. Oh my goodness. So they'll have to pay their instructor. We have a list of instructors, so they pay the instructor, but the instructor, some instructors will come to their their location or they'll do one in the region for many partners. Yeah. So it, it, it easily cuts their cost in half, which was a big hindrance to, the, to our members getting um, crew before mm -hmm. because they just couldn't pay thousands of dollars for a university student to go away for a week to school, work for a summer and be gone. Yeah. So you've just spent $2,000 on a course that got you through a summer. Well, now you can do it in-house for much cheaper. So that's what we're trying to do is bring that, you know, bring that burden down for the, for, and to make sure that they're properly trained. Was that something that was coming up through some of your meetings as we need help with this? There's yeah the cost yeah, yeah. the cost is, is 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 a lot of vessels weren't being able to go it's it's still an issue um, we still have and that's where we're looking at this electronic navigation um, course as well we're still having members that can't get boats off the dock for lack of staff so they're trying to, and they just can't afford to send them away or it, it's not always a, a economical cost it's it's the availability mm -hmm. of these courses um, because a lot of the institutions that provide the courses are focused on large vessels offshore vessels. You know, uh, fishing fleet, et cetera. So we can't get our members in there. So we have our own, we built our own training school for that. So do you all off the top of your head have some numbers around what the passenger vessels in Canada, what does it bring to the country? Just financially and the impact of what this means. I mean, it's, 
I know it's kind of a just I'm wondering if it was something you're saying. We we play such a massive role in in so many areas of the country and the impact that you have. That would have we'd have to. I mean, I could give Beth Potter a call. She's the president of Tourism Industry Association of Canada. She'd have those numbers. Um, we don't necessarily keep the, the financial benefit. That's something we want to grow into mm -hmm. is working with our members as we get bigger to, to get that footprint. Like what what do we contribute? I know tourism is number four, number five in our GDP okay. for the country. And um, most popular jurisdictions would have a boat tour. Um, you don't you can't go to Toronto or Montreal, Halifax, Vancouver, um, even Saskatoon has a, a you know, hi Joan. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they, uh, they, most of our major tourist areas have a, have a, have a waterborne activity, whether it's a large 500 passenger or a small canoe trip. So um, I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah. it's, it's key. And it's key. one of the things we're, we're changing to now is, is because we've worked with Transport Canada and we have a great relationship with them <clears throat> on the regulations and pretty much everything's been dumped by Transport Canada now. There's really nothing new coming out in the years to come. So our advocacy push is switching away from the regulatory board to advocacy on promoting waterborne tourism. Mm -hmm. So working closer with TIAC, um, um, Destination Canada, who promotes uh, the country and local and regional uh, tourism boards to push waterborne activity. The country, both countries were founded by water. You know, the, we, our ancestors came across the, the Atlantic or the Pacific, depending on where, the, and, and the only people that were, they were here prior to that was the indigenous people. Mm -hmm. And how did they get around? On water. Yeah. So we need to start pushing tourism and the tourism boards to focus on on pushing uh, tourists to travel on the water. It's the best way to see any jurisdiction. It really is. You know, it's it really gorgeous. Is. All right. So I, we've covered a lot of ground, and I know we're coming up on um, a time cap. And I'm really grateful for both of you. And I've jumped into your your workday, Captain Field. Um, what else? I, I know that you have just your life experience and what you bring, but what are you really looking forward to contributing to being a part of the PCVA now? I, I'm, I'm just looking to, to help, help the CPCVA uh, move forward in the, uh, in the, what Kirk was just talking about is, is what does the PCVA mean and what does that stamp on your, that, that logo on your vessel's website? What does that mean for, to the general public out there, it means that we're we're you're you're on a, a Transport Canada approved safe vessel, and uh, and it's been it's been inspected, the crew certified, and the crew has been well trained, and and that's what I'm hoping to help uh, uh, foster in the PCVA this year in the next couple of years is uh, yeah. when you go on a PCVA uh, registered vessel. You can rest assured that you're on the safe, certified, and the crew's been properly trained. And that's insured. What, and that's what I'm hoping to do. And they're insured. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Wow. The beer's cold. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there yeah. you go. That is a common theme <laughs> the I keep seeing. The popcorn, the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, the, pop, the popcorn's hot and the beer's cold. <laughs> so there's a lot coming, and we will obviously get this out to the world. And I, you have phenomenal members, everybody that I've interacted with since getting a chance to speak at the event back in November. Um, just the heart of, of the industry and really care about what they're doing. And I, and I know I've spoken with um, Joan, who was interested in hearing this conversation. So um, when you're watching, if there is anything else that you would like to talk about or you have questions about, please make sure you put a comment down and we will obviously link the PCVA website. We will link um, and tag 
both of these individuals so you can access them very quickly. Um, I'm really excited to be able to be a part of this conversation. I want to help as much as I can. Um, just provide resources. If it's not with me, that's fine. But if I can help you out and, and get you to a resource, just kind of what um, you all were saying with the website, I would love to do it. So anything else that you all want to throw out there before we wrap up this conversation? No, I appreciate your, appreciate your effort. I appreciate what you're trying to do with our industry. Uh, I appreciate Vessel Vanguard and your expertise. Well, we appreciate you and we're grateful to have you. Yeah, ditto, ditto, right. ditto on that, and thanks for thanks for uh, for Stephen. I mean, it's been years. I've been trying to get him on the board, <laughs> and finally, I, I finally have succeeded. It's been I've been trying to pull his knowledge in. Like I said, we have the same we have the same license, same experience. So I wanted someone else on that on that board to to help us out. And and uh, thank you, uh, Renan. It's it's um, uh, it, it's great to have uh, members like you as well, supplier members that are there to push the information. If you get a if you get a business out of it, great. But it's just. The end of the day we're all looking to better the industry yes. and we're all going to win the bigger we make the swimming pool the safer we make it we make all it we're safer. all going to win exactly yeah, absolutely well um better and, that, and hopefully you'll be able to keep up with his vacation schedule so next I time know, exactly he's next a, time we're coming to you yeah, okay yeah. we just got to find him he's like waldo we got to we got to find him first <laughs> all right gentlemen have a great day see you as well take care Thanks, Steve. bye